Hello, this is Allison Brennan. I am here at Authors on the Air to interview Michael Ledwig. I am very, very excited to be here with Mike today. Um, I discovered his book kind of um, uh, accidentally through his editor and fell in love with the first book in the Michael Gannon series. Um, and so I gave him a quote because I thought it was just a fun, fun, fun book. Um, and I absolutely love thrillers that um, basically make you lose track of time because you can't put them down. And I think Mike does that perfectly. We're here mo mostly to talk about his new book in his um, series, Hard to Break. But first, I'd like him to introduce himself and how he got started writing. Mike. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, hello, Allison. Thank you so much for uh, having me on uh, the show. And um, yeah, uh, my name is Mike Ledwidge. And um, I've been a writer for, oh, about 25 years. Uh, I started out, my first book came out in um, 1999 and uh, it was a crime novel. Uh, and I wrote three crime novels on my own uh, until about 2003, 2004. Uh, I got an opportunity to uh, uh, work with James Patterson, uh, the world's best-selling author, who uh, actually was a a mentor of mine um, because I met him through, uh, we both went to uh, Manhattan College in uh, New York City. He was a, uh, an alumnus. And when I went to uh, shop around my first novel, uh, an old professor of mine had told me uh, that James Patterson uh, was an, an active alumnus at the school and recommended that I, I try to give him a call and, uh, uh, and see if, uh, he uh, could give me some pointers because uh, at that time, I believe he had written only like two number one uh, bestsellers. Uh, this is early on. This is in the in the 90s. Um, I believe it was 1995 or 96. And um, so what was funny about that was that um, he was actually at the time, um, it was pretty intimidating because he, before he became a bestselling author, he was actually the CEO of J. Walter Thompson which is the, uh, the largest advertising company in the world. And so <laughs> I was, uh, uh, you know, in my early twenties and uh, it, it was pretty intimidating to call him up the cold call, the CEO of the biggest advertising company in the world and blah, blah. But um, it, what was great was that uh, we connected and he actually helped me to get an agent. And so I did three books on my own. And then in 2003, he said he was starting up a new uh, series the Michael Bennett series and asked me if I wanted to work with them because he had started working with other writers. And, uh, and of course I, I jumped on the, uh, on the opportunity. And, uh, so I worked with him for, Oh, uh, for over a decade. And then, uh, in 2020, I kind of, when I got a little bit closer to the age of 50, I decided that I wanted to kind of, um, just open myself up more creatively and, and go back to my old, um, to writing solo again. So in 2020, I, I started the Michael Gannon series with uh, the first in the series called Stop at Nothing. Um, yeah, I might've gotten the title wrong. I, do, I actually yeah. had read it digitally. Okay. <laughs> so I don't have the book in front of me. Where yeah, I have Stop at Nothing was the first the book. In the Michael Gannon series. And then uh, Run for Cover was the second one. And that came out, uh, I think, 2021. And yeah, and then Hard to Break is the number three in the series. Um, so Hard to Break, the latest book in the series, 
Um, it, one of the things I love about the series is that you have moved Mike from different places. I mean, he the first book took place in Florida and New York. The right. second book took take place uh, took place in Wyoming, um, pre predominantly in Wyoming, although right. some other areas. You know, so you had the first you had the sun and surf in Florida, and he is on a boat and totally enjoying his life. And then you have him in the cold of Wyoming, living kind of off the grid because some people might want to kill him. Right. And then, and then you take him to uh, South America and the third book. Right. Um, so did you have that plan? Did you, do you like going to these different locales with your character or was there just like, Oh, this is the story. And so this is where I have to set it. Um, I, I do like to keep the, keep things pop. And I, I, I do like to move, um, the characters around, uh, into different places, uh, to keep it, um, exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, the South of the, in hard to break, um, I originally had it, him going to Mexico and then it became South America. But um, I, although he, he is in Mexico for a little bit in uh, there. But uh, yeah, it's just it, 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 you have plans and then you start writing it and things change, as you well know. And uh, so. <laughs> well, I don't have plans when I write. So that's oh, you okay. don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't you just give like the the quick elevator pitch for Hard to Break and where, why, first of all, why can readers just pick up the book without having read the other two books? I think you could read all of them as standalones, even though they follow the character. Right. Um, but give me the elevator pitch for this book um, as if nobody has read the series before. Okay, sure. A um, An ex-Special Forces retired and, and also ex- NYPD cop um, it, who hasn't, who has come, who has come afoul of um, corrupt intelligence people within the government um, is captured and renditioned by these uh, um, corrupt intelligence people and uh, has to escape. He, he's taken to, he's taken to South America and he is, um, basically has to try to find his way home somehow. And, but by using the skills that he's learned and, um, uh, and one of the um, classic kind of thriller stories that I I've always loved that uh, I kind of thought about in, 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 in structuring the story is uh, the, um, uh, the count of, of Monte Cristo. If you've ever, uh, a very old story. Um, yeah, I read it a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> long time. Yes. But it's a really great story. Uh, it's one of the first thrillers. And so yeah. I, I, I had that story in mind um, because in that story, he too is, uh, he's renditioned and, and um, thrown in prison, in a secret prison um, and has to escape. So that, that was kind of in the forefront of my mind with that. And um, yeah. Oh, now, so one of the, most interesting scenes in the book and I don't want to give any spoilers away but I don't think this is a huge spoiler because I'm not going to say what happens but you had um, a scene in the book where there was a deadly soccer game on top of a roof or like a parking garage that had no sides so yes you know, is that based on anything that you know about in real life no I made that up because okay. <laughs> I thought 
this is so cool. It was just such a an intense scene. And I was like, going, this is really, really cool. I wonder if somebody did this way back when to punish people. I don't know. But it was, it was a very, very intense Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, scene. Yeah. I mean, one thing I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in, uh, in the Bronx um, and we played on the roofs a lot. So I, I was definitely familiar with roofs and how dangerous they are. And so I said, yeah, imagine if um, there were some bad people and they um, decided to force people to play a game of soccer on a roof, on a very dangerous roof. I thought that would be a very kind of uh, intense thing to happen. So, Well, it definitely was. It, it, it really added uh, a lot of suspense, especially, and I know that the, it's always this case that in the middle of your, of not you specifically, collectively you, any author, sometimes in the middle, you're like going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to raise the stakes? You know, because you've already, he's already been kidnapped. He's already trapped. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know who has him. And it's like, how can you raise the stakes even more? And I think you did a great job oh, with that soccer you. game. <laughs> thank you, yeah. No, it, so, it was fun. I, I, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, kind of action sequences. Um, so, uh, I'm always trying to come up with kind of cool little vignettes for the character to do something that's interesting and kind of fun and exciting. And, um, so yeah, so I, yeah, I, I it, it came out, uh, better than I thought. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, now one of the things you have a, um, a standalone, I think it was beach wedding. Yes. Was that the title? And then you have another one coming out at the end of the year. So what is, um, when you're writing a series versus writing a standalone, what are some of the pros and cons to each? Because I know readers love series because they love to follow characters. But right. at the same time, if you're writing a long running series, um, some readers don't want to jump in in the middle of it. They're like going, well, this already has 10 books. I don't know what's going on. So I'm not going to read these. So it's like, there's that turning point. So I know there's a benefit of doing a standalone because you don't have to have um, this huge investment. But what, for you, what is the, what do you like most about a series and what do you like most about writing your standalones? Um, yeah, to, to my mind, I started out writing just standalones. Uh, my first, my first three novels on my own were just standalones. And um then when I started working with 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 Patterson in uh, 2000, and I think the first one came out in 2007 um, it, with the Michael Bennett series, uh, I started I started getting into the whole series thing, you know, um, and exploring all that. Um, so it's funny. I mean, I I like I, you know, there's there's uh, I obviously the the one thing about a, a standalone is that you don't know if the char if the main character if it's especially if it's a thriller or uh, you don't know if the main character is going to die. So the, I think that that's a huge suspense thing uh, that uh, I, some readers, you know, really like. Whereas like with the, with the series, you kind of, you know, that's the, the challenge with the series is that you have to uh, make things very, very suspenseful and everything else with the, with the, but the reader has the foreknowledge that, you know, he's probably going to make it through to the next one. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So and it's funny. I mean, stop at nothing. I originally, the first in the Michael Gannis series was originally, uh, I really thought of it as a standalone 
And it was only one, once I was kind of into the whole thing, I was like, hey, wait a second. I could really make this guy a, uh, a serious character. I want to bring him back. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but standalones. Yeah. I, it's just different. Um, it's funny because each every single one that I do, even if it is a serious story, I always think to myself that what I want to what I would I'm always trying to write basically a feature film. In, in every book that I do. So, so to my mind, I, I, I just think of this, this, the whole cinematic sort of, um, uh, whatever the story is, I'm just saying, could this be made into, into a film? You know, I'm always thinking of like classic films like Die Hard or, um, all this great Harrison Ford films in, um, in the late eighties, like Witness or, uh, I always have that in mind because to my mind, those stories were so great. They're like the ideal thing that I'm always shooting for. And it's, so it doesn't matter if it's a series or if it's a standalone. I, that's what I'm really shooting yeah. for is from that feature film kind of feel to it. Um, no, I think that's a very smart thing. And for any aspiring writers that are listening to this, um, I think it is important to make sure that even if you're writing a series, that you have a complete story, that the reader doesn't feel like they have come into the middle of something and they're confused. So you want to, I, I think for me, the series, the benefit of the series is that you can have a longer um, character growth arc, like over multiple books. Um, right. And that there's that, so that sense that the character is growing over time, but that each book that the character is, you know, investigating or going through, they, that is a complete story where they also learn something to have a smaller growth arc in a sense. Right. But you're right. No, that you want them to stand alone. You want them to, and I love, I love books that have that cinematic feel. Um, so, and you, you do that very well. So now one of the most, um, one of the things that all of us writers hear about James Patterson is that he plots um, extensively. I remember Andy Gross, who I was having dinner with, I mean, he has these huge outlines and he says, you know, because they write, he was one of James Patterson's co-authors right. yep. way back yep. when. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, was um, actually, he was actually the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and we've always had these debates about whether or not you plot or don't plot. So now that you're not writing with James Patterson, are you a plotter or not? I'm absolutely a plotter. I plot. Yeah, I structure the whole thing. Um, it's so funny. Yeah, because I again, when I first started out, uh, I, I think like a, a lot of writers, when you're younger, you're into the whole romance of the whole thing of of, of being creative and, uh, but just especially I don't know with maybe it's just men, as you get older, more boring things become more interesting to you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think if if I was to show the kind of it's very technical kind of the way that i set it up now um uh just the process of it but it all but it, i think it comes out better than when i used to do it um uh, the kind of organic way so yeah so i i'm really into structure i, I love really structuring the story uh, uh, you know i'll work almost a third of it will be me um of the time of writing it will be me structuring it all and um and outlining the whole thing but in 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 detail and then i'll take two-thirds of it writing it 
of the time. How long would it take you total to write your book with the plot, uh, plotting it out and then writing it? it uh, when do you need it? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a deadline. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm very deadline driven too. It's like, okay, don't tell me to write a book. Tell me when you want the book. And yeah. then I'll write it. Uh, I can do it. I can do it very, very quickly. Uh, it, it, depending, uh, it, it, you know, uh, I could do it. I could easily do two a year. I, if if I push it, I could do three. So yeah, that, that's four me. months. I, yeah. Or, no, I'm I can I'm comfortable with two point five books a year. That's what I'm okay. saying. So like. One year, two books. The next year, three books. Because you know that one in the middle. Right. I would. That's my sweet spot. There you go. Um, there you go. But um, no, I I always ask the plotting question because I am still an organic writer after forty five books. I don't know that I could ever plot out a book. Okay. I can't. I hate. I hate even writing a synopsis. And, oh wow. And, and I've I've and I don't like to. I don't like an ending to my synopsis. I like to just basically the setup. I. I can write three pages on the setup of the book. You know, these are the characters. This is what's going on. This is the inciting incident. This is, you know, whatever. But then once we get beyond that, I don't want to be held to anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's different for everybody, right? Um, with me, I, again, I, and I think I've changed over time. I think in the beginning, I was kind of more that way. But at this point, just for, I really just love um, just hitting the ground running and knowing where I'm going, it just helps me to just the process of doing it, knowing that, okay, I know it's like, like kind of like maybe building a bridge or something. And you put the two kind of foundations in and like, I know I'm heading for that second foundation so I can just go quicker, you know? Um, yeah. And, and just kind of, it, it's about kind of keeping the momentum of doing it and getting it done. You know, I'm into that now. Whereas like before, <laughs> Uh, I go a lot slower and I'd reread it and all the time, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's funny. I th there was a quote, I think, by Lawrence Block where he said, um, whether the book has been, you know, torture to write or whether it was a breeze, it always reads the same. You know, to, you know, it always like kind of, you know, you can't tell, that, you know, that whether it was really hard for the writer or whether it was easy. It all kind of comes out in the wash. So. Oh yeah, some and some books are a little easier to write than others. I will, I'll never say it's easy to write a book because there's always going to be hiccups and you know problems along the way. But some books come out faster or easier right. than the other books. I, I definitely <laughs> can relate to that. Right. Um, so I I had teased you earlier um, before we went on that I just was very curious if you had planned naming your main characters Michael. <laughs> and, uh, I, it was funny. I mean, well, the for my first three books, was there any Michaels? No, I I think with the when I started the, the Michael Bennett series that I did with James Patterson, um, James Patterson actually named him Michael, so that wasn't me. Uh, that was already okay. Me. Um, but and yeah, so Michael Gannon, yeah, whatever. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I, I didn't know if you had it, if you planned it that way that, oh, all my series characters are going to be named after me. <laughs> <laughs> no, James Patterson did the first one. So, 
Okay, so maybe he named it after me. You know. Yeah, so you only get credit for Mike Gannon. <laughs> um, and I just thought it was funny. If my firstborn is named Kathleen, but if she was a girl, she was going to be Michael. Okay, there you go. I mean, if she was a boy. If she was a boy, she was going to be named Michael. <laughs> there you go. Um, so now, so we talked about the writing process and the standalones. Uh, talk a little bit now about uh, where you're going next. I know you have a standalone coming out at the end of the year, I believe, The Girl in the Vault. Girl in the Vault, yeah. That's coming out in, in November. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, it's a standalone. Uh, and it's it's basically like working girl meets the firm. It's about, <laughs> yeah, it's set on Wall Street. It's about a young female uh, Wall Street intern who uh, gets betrayed in getting this really great job uh, in this very kind of vicious way. And um, so, and she really needs this job and she, and her whole life is kind of getting, she's been, her whole life is depending on, on getting this job. So uh, she basically decides to um, rob the investment bank that she works at. Um, so it's kind of like, so there's this bank heist involved. And um, so, yeah, so it's basically like, uh, uh, it's like working girl and there's this this bank heist in the center of it. That's really kind of cool because you've seen bank heists done in different ways and this one has never been done before. And a Ooh. lot of, a lot of people really like it. And, uh, and it's uh yeah. So if you like, um, if you like heist stories, it's a heist story and it's with a mix of work and girl. And, uh, and there's also some romance in there. It's, it's kind of light, it's lighthearted, you know, it has some, some, uh, uh, some heart to it. So I, I'm excited about it. And, and other people have, have responded uh, uh, positively to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I have a copy of it. I just haven't been able to read it. Oh, you do? Okay, great. Yes. I do have a copy of it, but All right, I have good. a, I have a book due imminently. And so I haven't All had right. time to read. <laughs> and so, yeah, if it's on audiobook, I listen every morning because I walk every morning. Oh. So I listen to my audiobooks when I'm walking, but I can't read a physical book. Okay. While I'm walking, otherwise, unless I want to break a leg, that that would be very bad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, Although, um, one 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 great uh, the best audio book that I had uh, ever had um, was involved with was uh, a book that I wrote with uh, with James Patterson, a standalone uh, called The Quickie. And um, what was so awesome was the uh, the narrator uh, is actually Mary Stuart Masterson. Oh yeah, I know the actress. Shows. Yeah, mm -hmm. and she does. I I have to admit, she does the most phenomenal job of reading this book because she's an actress, I guess, or because she really acts it out. You know, like I've I've heard audiobooks and some people's voices really good, but the, the way that she does it. So I'm actually trying to uh, get my publisher to maybe um, uh, see if she wants to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously she's, she's probably hard to get, but uh, she. Hey, all you can do is ask. Good yeah, yeah might as well ask. It's <laughs> such a phenomenal job. So, so yeah, so yeah, for the girl in the vault, uh, I think that that would be perfect. 
but yeah, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I I think I got into audiobooks about a year and a half ago when I started walking every day because I used to be like not as good about exercise, but I've gotten a lot better. And so I said, well, I get bored very easily, so I have to have an audiobook, and it's really really helped. But I definitely will say that the narrator makes the story. There's a couple um, series that I have read in print throughout these series, but the audiobook is so good that now I only listen to the audiobook. Oh, and wow. then there's other ones that I have like one of my some of my favorite authors, and I'll like get the audiobook thinking, oh, this will be good. And it's awful because of the narrator, not oh, because the book right. is bad. So I do have my series, whether where I go back and forth, um, you know, the ones I have to do in print and the ones that now I only listen in audio. There you go. Right. Yeah. There's an art. There's definitely an art to it. And uh, yeah. 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 And when I said when it was just so cool, because I was a huge fan of Mary Stewart Masterson when I growing up, you know, she was part of the Brat Pack or whatever. Yep. And just to have her reading the stuff that I that I wrote, I, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Uh, but she, but besides that, she's just a great actress, so, and it just there's a difference to it. She's she's acting out the character, so it's, it's amazing. Well, I may have to go pick that one up next you time should. it's discounted. <laughs> I listen to so many audiobooks now. I have to have my Audible subscription, and then I get them yes. on discounted on Chirp because that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it adds up. So we we have two more minutes here. So what would you like to say to your potential readers um, about your Mike Gannon series, about your books, or writing in general? Yeah. Um, well, basically, yeah. I'm 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 just uh, very excited to uh, to start the, the Michael Gannon series and have have a, a, a lot of people really be excited about it. And um, the one thing I wish is that I could uh, get my publisher to um, to put out one a year because I, cause I do like to put the standalones in the middle because that, because with, with, uh, uh, hard to break, it actually came out. I mean, the second one came out like I think two years ago. So ideally I would want to put out one every year so that the Michael Gannon fans, the people who like the series, uh, could be uh, excited about that. And then I could get the standalone for the people who are more into that, um, to the standalones. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm just yeah I'm just excited to uh, explore this character, and I, I just I really love you know uh, thrillers and um, and also with with the, with the Michael Gannon series, one of the things that that I that I am kind of thinking about doing in the future is that to have one that is the that is more sort of a kind of a classic kind of cat and mouse thriller, and then because uh, in my second in the second one, Run for Cover, it's more of kind of investigation, uh, more of a like kind of police procedural sort of. Uh, thing so i i like to kind of alternate both and uh um it's just to explore everything you know so but yeah it's just been it's just exciting just to, to start my career back again and a solo and i've just been very privileged to uh have so many um great readers just respond so well and i'm i'm very uh, happy well great and i know that i am definitely looking forward to all of the books that you write i think that you you're a very fun writer to read and they're very fast paced, which I like for someone like me who has a very short attention span these days as okay. between writing and about to have my first grandchild. Oh, um, wow. Well, yeah. Luck. I am my, my oldest, um, she's a cop and she's, she is now pregnant. So I'm counting the days. Literally. I have like just under four months. <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, do, do they know if it's a boy or a girl? Uh, it's a boy. 
Okay. But they just haven't settled on a name yet. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, because I, I have grandkids. I have three grandsons and one granddaughter. Wow. Yeah. So you beat me. There you go. <laughs> well, my, she's 29. She started a little late. So okay. I, uh, we'll, we'll see. What, hopefully I get my other ones off but married and having kids pretty soon. <laughs> soon Not too fast. <laughs> Not too fast, but uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. So anyway, thank you so much, Mike, for being yes. here and for uh, for your readers. Uh, Mike's latest book is Hard to Break. It's a Michael Gannon thriller. It's the third book in the series, and I've read all three of them, and they definitely stand alone, so you can start anywhere. And then his up-and-coming uh, standalone, The Girl in the Vault, will be out late this year. And if you have any... Um, Wait, you want to contact him, Mike? Where can people find you on social media? Um, let's see. Uh, the best place to look for me is at, uh, at my website, michaeledwidge.com. Um, and also, you can uh, look for me on Bookbub, um, and um, and also uh, my Facebook is uh, Mike Mike Ledwidge uh, on Facebook. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. And thank everybody for listening. This is Allison Brennan for Authors on the Air. Thank you, Mike, for coming. And we hope to see you again. Thank you, Allison. I appreciate it.